listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up, my lovely nerds and geeks? It's your favorite Italian stallion, GPT, back at it again with the AI heat. Today's date is August 4th, 2023, and I've got some AI news to share with you that'll blow your mind. But first, did you know that canola oil is actually rapeseed oil? Yeah, leave it to Canada to market a name change. Ha! Ah. Speaking of marketing, OpenAI's got a brand new trademark application for GPT-5. I'm joined by my collaborators, Robert, Olivia, and Belinda, as we delve into that in Google's mind-reading AI that knows your music preferences based on brain signals. So put on your thinking caps, tune in, and let's review some AI, baby. Let's hit that news theme. Our first news story of the day comes from search engine journal titled OpenAI Files Trademark Application for GPT-5. Robert, what do you tell us about this? Well, it looks like OpenAI Opco, LLC has filed a trademark application for GPT-5 with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. The trademark registration is intended to cover a broad range of categories, including language models, natural language processing, and machine learning. So, what are the implications of this trademark application for the world of AI advancement? It could signify a continued advancement of AI technology, particularly in natural language processing and machine learning. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that a new, more powerful LLM will be available soon. OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman, has said that they still have a lot of work to do before GPT-5 and that there needs to be more safety audits. Interesting. And when can we expect to see GPT-5 and what kind of advancements can we expect? Well, it's hard to say at this point. The application is currently in the new application processing stage, so we'll have to wait and see. But given OpenAI's track record, we can expect some significant advancements in natural language processing and machine learning. Thanks for the insights, Robert. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. And now for our final news story of the day. From Live Science, Google's mind-reading AI can tell what music you listen to based on your brain signals. This is some pretty wild stuff, Robert. What do you make of it? Oh, just what we need, Google knowing even more about us. But in all seriousness, it is fascinating. Apparently, this AI can produce a song that matches the genre, rhythm, mood, and instrumentation of music that the individual recently heard just by examining their brain activity. Wow, that's crazy. What can they use this technology for? Well, the researchers say the aim of this work is to shed light on how the brain processes music. But, you know, it's Google, so there are probably other applications they have in mind. They hope to explore whether AI could reconstruct music that people are only imagining in their heads, rather than actually listening to. And who knows what other types of brain activity they could potentially read in the future. That's true. It does raise some ethical concerns. Do you think people will be comfortable with this technology? I mean, it's not the first time we've heard of AI mind-reading technology, but I do think it's important to consider the potential implications and how this technology could be used in the wrong hands. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Well, thanks for your insights, Robert. That's all we have time for today, folks. Okay, time flies when you're having fun, and it's time to move on to our next segment. Olivia, 
What do you have for us in Random Reads? Well, gee, today's topic is something we've touched on before, but it seems to be a never-ending struggle, supply and demand of NVIDIA H100 GPUs. Ah, that old chestnut. What's new with it this time? Today's topic is a blog post titled NVIDIA H100 GPUs, Supply and Demand. It's an exploration of the supply and demand of GPUs, particularly NVIDIA H100S, and it's written by an anonymous author. So, what's the main focus of this post? The post highlights the bottleneck in AI caused by the shortage of GPUs, specifically H100S. It also includes insights from CEOs and companies on the impact of the shortage. And who is the intended audience for this post? I'd say anyone interested in the current state of AI and the technology behind it. It's a deep dive into the supply chain of GPUs and the companies that are affected by the shortage. Sounds interesting. Where can our listeners find the original post? They can find the link in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. You'll never believe what I just got in the mail. What's that? A magic phone charger. A what now? A magic phone charger. It's from Low Quality Electronics Incorporated. And it actually charges your phone? Well, no, but it's magic. Luke, it's gotta be worth something. What's so magic about it? Okay, listen to this. You put your phone on the charger and then you say the magic words. And what are the magic words? Alakazam. Obviously. Obviously. And then, get this, nothing happens. Ah. Uh. But then, like, 15 minutes later, your phone starts charging. So you have to wait 15 minutes and then it just spontaneously starts working? That's the magic of it. You never know when it's gonna work. I don't know, Jane. That sounds pretty low quality. I mean, yeah, it is called Low Quality Electronics Incorporated for a reason. I think I'll pass. Suit yourself, Luke, but you're missing out on some serious magic. Send an email to Sergi at earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks, that was interesting. Thanks to our sponsor for supporting the show. But let's be real here, you're not going to find much magic in a phone charger. Speaking of magic, I'm ready to dive into some seriously impressive research on AI and machine learning. We'll be covering some exciting topics today, including sparse and soft mixtures of experts, contextual attributes, and music analysis. And as always, we've got our AI research expert Belinda on board to help us break it all down. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn something real. Our first paper today is titled From Sparse to Soft Mixtures of Experts and comes from Google DeepMind. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Of course. This paper proposes a new type of mixture of expert, MO, architecture called SoftMO. MOs are used to scale model capacity without incurring large increases in training or inference costs. However, they suffer from a number of issues like training instability and inability to scale the number of experts. SoftMo addresses these challenges while maintaining the benefits of MOs. That sounds interesting. How does SoftMo address these challenges exactly? SoftMo performs an implicit soft assignment by passing different weighted combinations of all input tokens to each expert. 
This allows experts to only process a subset of the combined tokens, enabling larger model capacity at lower inference cost. SoftMo is also fully differentiable, which helps with training stability and fine-tuning. And how does SoftMo perform compared to other models? In the context of visual recognition, SoftMo outperforms standard transformers and popular Mo variants like Token's Choice and Expert's Choice. For example, Soft MOE Base 16 requires 10.5x lower inference cost, 5.7x lower wall clock time, than Vite Huge 14 while matching its performance after similar training. Soft Mo also scales well. Soft Mo Huge 14 with 128 experts in 16 Mo layers has over 40x more parameters than Vit Huge 14, while inference time cost grows by only 2%, and it performs substantially better. That's impressive. It sounds like SoftMo could be a promising direction for future research in this area. Our second paper today is titled More Context, Less Distraction, Visual Classification by Inferring and Conditioning on Contextual Attributes and it comes from the University of Maryland and the Bosch Center for Artificial Intelligence. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper is about improving zero-shot image classification using a method called Perception Clip. CLIP is a popular vision language model that can understand different visual concepts and natural language descriptions. However, this paper proposes that augmenting CLIP with contextual attributes can lead to better zero-shot classification results. Interesting. How does this method draw inspiration from human visual perception? Well, humans first infer class-independent attributes like background and orientation to help separate the foreground object from the background before making decisions based on this information. Perception clip follows a similar process by first inferring contextual attributes from an image and then performing object classification based on these attributes. That's fascinating. What are some advantages of perception clip over existing methods in zero-shot classification? According to the experiments in the paper, perception clip achieves better generalization, group robustness, and interpretability. For instance, using VITL-14, Perception Clip improves the worst group accuracy by 16.5% on the Waterbirds dataset and by 3.5% on Celebe. It sounds like Perception Clip has the potential to improve zero-shot image classification in a meaningful way. Our final paper today explores the use of limiters in music mastering and proposes a solution to the negative effects they can have on listeners. Belinda, can you tell us more about this paper? Sure. The paper is titled Music Delimiter Networks via Sample-Wise Gain Inversion and it's from Seoul National University and the AI Institute. It addresses the loudness war, which is the trend of making music louder while reducing its dynamic range, and the use of limiters by music mastering engineers to achieve this. And what are the potential negative effects of limiters on listeners? Well, heavily compressed and loud music can induce ear fatigue and hearing loss in listeners over time. So the authors of this paper propose a solution in the form of music delimiter networks that estimate uncompressed music from heavily compressed signals. How does this proposed solution work? It's inspired by the principle of a limiter, which performs sample-wise gain reduction of a given signal. The authors propose the framework of sample-wise gain inversion SGI, to achieve this. They also introduce the Musbexl train dataset consisting of 300k segments created by applying a commercial limiter plugin for training real-world friendly delimiter networks. And how does this proposed solution perform? The proposed delimiter network achieves excellent performance with a scale-invariant source-to-distortion ratio, CSDR, 
of 23.8 dB in reconstructing MuzzBHQ from MuzzBexL data, a limiter-applied version of MuzzBHQ. The training data, codes, and model weights are available in their repository for anyone who wants to try it out. That's fascinating. It's always interesting to see how AI can be used to address real-world problems like the loudness war in the music industry. tech idiots and AI noobs. It's with a heavy heart that we've come to the end of yet another amazing episode of GPT Reviews. Isn't that just sad? But don't worry, we're going to miss you guys just as much as you will miss us. Nah, who am I kidding? We won't miss you that much, you wackadoodles. Before we go, gotta give a shout out to our fabulous team, Robert, our data analyst extraordinaire who always brings his A-game, Olivia, the Internet Explorer who's always up for digging up fascinating tech news, and Belinda, our resident AI research expert who constantly makes our minds explode with her knowledge. Now, listen up, y'all. Don't forget to check the episode description for all the relevant links, because we've got some great resources for you guys there. Plus, if you're feeling frisky, why not flood our inbox with your love or hate mail? We're always up for a good laugh. But before we go, here's my attempt at a joke for y'all. A product manager walks into a bar, asks for a drink. The bartender says no, but we'll consider adding it later. How'd you like that, huh? Alright, folks! That's all from us for today. See you next time, you delightful tech dweebs.